And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Lamar. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's a sci-fi mystery on suspense starring Larry Parks from 1958. And is someone trying to murder George Burns? We'll find out on part one of the Burns and Allen Show from 1947. With me to help present these radio classics is my co-hostess with the mostess, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Dimply? What's up, Carl? All good. All good. Are um, you enjoying your uh, membership in the Classic Radio Club? I sure am. I'm looking forward to my next adventure in uh, Classic Radio. I yeah. will let you know when I receive it. You get a uh, surprise package of Classic Radio sent to your home every single month if you join the Classic Radio Club. Now, uh, here's the great things about it. The very first time when you become a member, you're able to get your first set of five CDs in a collector case, 10 classic radio shows for only $4.99. Then every month you will get another five CDs with 10 more classic radio shows for just $10 more, $14.99, but the value is $40. So you get a great deal on classic radio, and I'm choosing the 10 shows that you get every single month. It's a surprise package sent to you. You're going to learn all kinds of things about classic radio shows you had no idea about because I'm picking the greatest shows from my library of over 100,000 shows. And I'm sending you very copious historical liner notes about every episode, like a whole paragraph about each show and the series. Plus, you'll get the 10 shows and you'll never get a duplicate show. And you can cancel at any time you want. So do check it out. Learn all about the Classic Radio Club by going to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, are you ready for suspense, Lisa? I think we're always ready for suspense here. You know, this series uh, was billed as tales well calculated to keep you in suspense. And that's exactly what they did. For like 22 years, the show was on the air. We have about a 1,000 episodes of suspense, and I use them quite often in the classic Radio Club series because suspense and escape and the shadow... And Jack Benny, these are like the top, top shows. I want to make sure people are getting the greatest shows in the Classic Radio Club. And Suspense is a uh, popular show, as you're going to hear now. This is from June 8th, 1958. It's called The Invisible Ape, and it stars Larry Parks. Here's part one now of Suspense. Suspense. 
producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. For hundreds of years, they have been called poltergeists, which means noisy ghosts. They move furniture, they break dishes and bottles, they thump on walls, shatter windows, and sometimes even bite. And they are not the figment of the imagination of ignorant medieval villagers. During the past few months, poltergeists, or something, have plagued the lives of American citizens in Clayton, California, Rest Haven, Illinois, and Nassau County, New York. While we are learning much about satellites flying through space, we know absolutely nothing about crockery flying across our kitchens. One of Suspense's favorite writers, Michael Frost, has pondered this mystery and come up with a solution. His solution, at least. Which is, well, listen. Listen to one man's answer to poltergeists as Larry Parks stars in The Invisible Ape. And now... The Invisible Ape, starring Larry Parks. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. I figured it out today, Pat. Figured what? About what's happening at the Jameson house. Them bottles jumping off shelves and all. Eh? The water chaser? Yeah. I figure the whole Jameson family's been hypnotized. That's what. Hypnotized. All of them. Well, first today. Cheers. Cheers. Pat? Yeah, what is it? Look at that bottle. No. Down there. At the end of the bar. Saints preserve us. Floating down from the shelf. And there's nobody in this bar but us two. Hey, I'm Joe Taylor. You know me, the lab technician. Let me out of here. I work at the Optical Foundation up the street. I'm Dr. Bernstein's assistant. They can't see me, so they won't listen to me. Nobody will listen. Maybe you'll listen to me. Will you listen, Kitty? Thank you. You see, it's all my fault. Kitty, yesterday I let that stupid chimpanzee get away. Janice was typing a progress report when I got to the lab this morning. Good morning, Janice. Morning, Joe. Dr. Bernstein said for you to check the white mice first thing this morning. Joe! Stop that. You know I hate being sneaked up on. Don't ever do it again. You never minded my kissing you before... What's wrong, Jan? Nothing. I called you last night. Your mother said you were out. I was. Who with? Robert. Champagne and caviar? He asked me to marry him. And? I told him I'd think it over for a couple of days. Think it over? But we're engaged. Oh, who are we kidding, Joe? Let's face it, you can't even afford a ring. Suppose I could get you a ring. Any ring you wanted. Anything you wanted. I'm $53 a week take home. No, listen, Jen. Stop that typing and listen. I've given this a lot of thought. I've been thinking about it ever since we first treated those mice and then Chico. Jan, do you realize what it would mean to be invisible like Chico wherever he is? You mean treat yourself? Make yourself invisible? Why not? Then I could do anything I want, take anything I want, and nobody would be able to see me. Give me the shivers. Think what it would mean if I was invisible. Engagement ring, the biggest diamond I could find. Money, I could steal all we could spend. Janice, I could... I, 
I could run the world. Joe, you're out of your head. And we don't even know if it works. On people, anyway. Flesh is flesh and bones are bones. It worked on the mice and it worked on that stupid ape. It'll work on me. What about Dr. Bernstein? I'll buy him off. With the money I can lift, I'll be able to buy anybody off. Oh, no, Joe. Not Dr. Bernstein. You couldn't buy him off. We'll see about that. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Doctor. You checked the mice, Joe? No, sir. I I just got in. Oh, let's take a look. Yeah. Seemed to be all right. Uh, Well, except this little character. Come here, Buster. Uh, Let's see. Specimen 438, male. 20 Renkins to the point of transparency. 30 Renkins to return to visibility. Pretty sick from something, isn't he? Well, we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, any word on Chico? No, sir. I, I'm awfully sorry about that, Doctor, about him getting away. It was no, my it could fault. have happened to anybody, Joe. You're dealing with an almost human intelligence when you handle chimpanzees. You give one an advantage like we gave Chico. <laughs> you can't be blamed if he gets away. But you know, Joe, I couldn't sleep last night. Why not, Doctor? Oh, I kept thinking about what's happening out at the Jameson house. I've come to the conclusion that it's Chico. Oh, Doctor, couldn't be. No, no, I'm sure of it. Anything new happened out there last night? I don't know. I haven't seen the morning paper. Well, let's try the radio. The news ought to be on. But, Doctor, if Chico's out there, somebody would have stumbled over him not by now. necessarily. Remember, he can see, Joe. He sees somebody coming towards him. He moves out of the... Oh. Well, another puzzling night for detectives staked out at George Jameson's house on Carlisle Avenue. Uh Detective Murdoch reports that last night he saw a bottle of cough medicine jump from a medicine cabinet and crash into the sink. Now, this is nothing new lately in the Jameson house, but this bottle wasn't broken. And when the detective picked it up, it was warm to the touch. Uh And so the mystery deepens. Well, that's all on the local news front. In the Far East... That does it. I'm going to have to make it public. Doctor, we still don't know for sure. Of course we do. Remember how Chico loved cough medicine? Janice. Yes, sir? I want to dictate a press release. I knew he meant it. I knew I had to move and quick. I carry a thirty-eight in the glove compartment of my car. I slipped out and got it. When I came back, the doctor was still dictating. The mice were exposed to a radioactive isotope. Their cell structure was modified to permit their organs and bones to transmit light, uh, like a bottle of water or a chunk of glass, rather than reflect light as the body surface of an ordinary mouse or ape or human being will do. Uh, the mice were brought back to opaqueness by a reverse process. But before the chimpanzee cells could be returned to normal, uh, it escaped. Yeah. All right, Jan, you type that up right away. Let me see it. Hmm? Yes, Doctor. I'm going to go across the street for a couple of minutes. Where have you been, Joe? You look like you've just run a mile. I went out to the car. I, I got this. Gun. That's right. In case he won't go along with it. First, I have to get that ape before somebody else finds out about him. What are you doing? Stripping. I want you to handle the control board. You remember the procedure? Same as Chico. No, I won't stay here while you undress. What kind of a girl do you think I am? But it's for you. It's for us, Jan. No, it's wrong. It's... I don't want any part of it. 
Okay. All right, I'll do it myself. I put the gun in a drawer, then I moved the reactor table closer to the control board. I climbed up on it and began to turn the knobs. I didn't feel a thing except for a little tingling up and down my spine. Not a thing. Let's see, 75 rentkins for five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Then I was afraid to look. I forced my eyes from the dials toward my feet. Knowing what to expect, I still could hardly believe what I saw or didn't see. It was like, like I wasn't there. I looked down at my legs, or where my legs should have been, all I could see was the white enamel of the reactor table. I ran to the mirror in the washroom. It's, it's as if I wasn't there at all. I've done it. I've done it. I'm invisible. It was a warm summer day, but walking along Main Street toward Jameson's house without any clothes on had me shivering plenty. The first woman I met, I wanted to cut and run, but she looked right through me. I was as invisible as a glass in a store window. But when I saw the cop outside Jameson's place, I stopped cold. He was staring right at me. Had something gone wrong? No. No, his eyes traveled past me. I turned around. He'd been staring at a doll across the street. The door of the Jameson house was open. I went in. Mr. Jameson, who runs the local men's furnishing store, looked kind of tired and rumpled. They were shooting newsreels, and he was facing a battery of lights. Okay, Mr. Jameson. Camera. Sound. <clears throat> this morning, it happened again. I was helping Mrs. Jameson with the breakfast dishes, and suddenly a dish sailed off the sink and crashed against the wall. My wife and I... I crossed in front of the camera, and the cameraman never even batted an eye. I went into the bathroom and looked in the medicine cabinet. I found a bottle of cough medicine and put it in the middle of the floor. In a minute, I heard something breathing. There was no one in the room, no one I could see. I backed up next to the door and watched the bottle. Suddenly, it popped into the air and tilted. As the cap began to screw itself off, I moved toward it. Then I grabbed for the air around it. I felt a furry arm. Come on, Chico, come on, you idiot. In the bathroom. Let's go, Chico. Hand in hand, invisible as a couple of ghosts, Chico and I went back to the lab. Janice was still out, but the doctor was there. He huh? jumped when he heard me close the door. What's that? It's me, Doc. Me and Chico. Joe. Joe, you didn't. Yeah, Doc, I did. Why, Joe, why? To catch Chico, for one thing, so he couldn't see me coming. Well, what difference did it make? He wasn't hurting anybody. They'd have caught him sooner or later. I had another reason, Doc. What was it, Joe? I wanted to try it out, this transparency. I wanted to see how it would work on a human being. And now that you know it works? I've got plans, Doc. We might as well get that straight. I've got plans. Mm. I thought it might be something like that. What plans? Plans to cash in on this. Doc, I'm tired of working for peanuts. You ought to be too. I can't buy decent clothes. I can't get a ring for the girl I love. 
We've developed something here that's worth money. Oh, there isn't a bank. There isn't a jewelry store. There isn't a mint that's proof against an invisible man. The sky's the limit, Doc. You handle the equipment. I'll take the risks. I see. And if I won't go along with you? There's always this, Doc. Uh, a gun. Well, what are you going to do with it? Now, first we're going to take Chico out in the woods and shoot him just so he won't give us away. Oh, why not just bring him back to opaqueness? Why bother? Why strain the equipment? We're going to need it. Joe, have you thought how it would be if you were invisible the rest of your life? If you couldn't come back? What do you mean, couldn't come back? Well, suppose we can't reverse the process. Suppose we can't bring you back to an opaque state. Don't be silly. We brought back the mice. Safely? Well, they're all right, aren't they? Take a look. We're all right. Take a look, Joe. They were all right this morning. Oh, no. No, no, Doc. Half of them are dead. That's right, Joe. Too many Renkins. It takes too many Renkins for a two-way trip. Now, do you still want to shoot Chico? No. No, we, we, we've got to try to bring him back. We... We've got to try. We've got to see. Put him on the table, Joe. We managed to get Chico onto the reactor table and to strap him down. And I stood back, afraid of taking any more radiation while the doctor turned up the pile. Okay. 85 Rankins ought to do it. Uh, time check. Mark. One. Two. Three. Before my eyes, Chico slowly materialized. It's like looking at someone through foggy glasses at first. Like a picture out of focus, I couldn't be sure that I was seeing right. And then suddenly, there he was. There he was, just like before. An ugly little chimp like any other. But he just lay there. An ugly little chimp like any other, except... He's dead, Joe. No. No. No! I found myself walking up Main Street, passing people I'd known for years, wanting to grab them by the arm and talk to them. Tell them, just, just explain to them that I was really here, that I was still alive. I stood outside Carter's jewelry store, looking at the diamond rings in the window. At least this was one thing worthwhile taking. When I walked in, I must have triggered a little bell into the mat. Carter looked up from the newspaper he was reading at the counter. He stared right through me for a second, frowning. Then he shrugged and went back to his paper. Janice had liked a ring in the case next to him. I moved round him, slid it open. I found the ring and lifted it. Carter didn't even budge. Then I started back to the lab. Jan was alone in the lab. I walked up behind her and put the ring on her desk. Jan? Joe! I told you never to sneak up on me. Where... Where are you? Right here beside you. No, no. Stay away from me. See, Jan... Go away! I, I got your ring, the one you wanted. Stay away. Stay away from me. I don't want it. Keep away she from me. picked up the ring and Where threw it across the lab. Then she ran screaming away. out of the room. I picked up the ring and sat for a long time at her desk. Then I heard Dr. Bernstein come in. Joe? Uh, are you in here? Yeah, I'm here. Joe, I called Professor Wilson at the AEC and I told him what you did. 
He thinks if we expose you to tiny doses once a week over a long period of time, we'll be able to bring you back to visibility. But how, how long? How long, Doctor? At least five years, Joe. Five years. It's better than forever. That's the first portion of Suspense. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X-1. Suspense. Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to Suspense. I wandered down Main Street again, put Carter's ring back in his case, then I went by Pat's Tavern. More than anything in the world, I wanted to drink. Pat was shining glasses talking to some guy at the end of the bar. I didn't see any way to get a drink except to swipe one, so I reached up on the shelf and grabbed a bottle. I figured it out today, Pat. Figured what? About what's happened out at the Jameson house. Them bottles jumping off shelves and all. I figured the whole family's hypnotized. All of them. Well, first today. Cheers. Cheers. Pat? Yeah, what is it? Look at that bottle. No, down there at the end of the bar. Seems preserved it's floating down from the shelf. Let me out of here. Hey, I, I'm Joe Taylor. You know me. They won't listen to me. They won't even listen. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Oh, you listen, won't you? Nice, kitty. You see, it was all my fault. Yesterday, I... Suspense. In which Larry Parks starred in William N. Robeson's production of The Invisible Ape by Michael Frost. Supporting Larry Parks in The Invisible Ape were Ellen Morgan, Lawrence Dobkin, Sam Pierce, Byron Kane, and Jack Moyles. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. And that's Suspense from June 8th, 1958 with The Invisible Ape starring Larry Parks. And that was heard over CBS. Before we tune into the Burns and Allen show, I want to remind all of our listeners to check out our website. It's Hollywood360Radio.com. 
And at that website, there's a podcast there, right, Lisa? There sure is. And we post it one week after we air it right here on Hollywood 360 Radio Network. So we hope that you listen to it on the air. But if you miss it, fall asleep while Carl's talking because I do it all the time. Go to Hollywood360radio.com. Check out our full four-hour podcast right there. Yeah. And uh, Mike is uh, the person who puts that all together for our listeners. Does an amazing job. He's the one cleaning up all the shows, taking the clicks and pops out of them. Mike, I don't know how you do it, but we're glad you do it. Thank you. All right. So right now, though, it's time for the Burns and Allen show. You know, they're listening to the radio and there's a plot to murder George Burns on the radio. It's sort of a kind of a takeoff on sorry, wrong number. It's a lot of fun. Let's check this out. Let's go back to a broadcast date of March 13th, 1947. Here's part one of the Burns and Allen show. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin... The music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, our happy postman Mel Blank, and Lorene Tuttle, Elliot Lewis, and Wally Mayer. For your Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for your everyday coffee drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. It's late afternoon at the Burns's, and a very hungry George is just arriving home for dinner. He hurries up the walk, reaches for the doorknob, when suddenly from inside the house... Holy smoke! Gracie is being murdered! Gracie, what happened? Nothing, dear. I'm listening to my favorite radio mystery, The Tall Man. We got you this time, Tall Man. <laughs> you like that? Shut that off. Well, what's the matter? Gracie, stop with these radio mysteries. I'd like some dinner. I'm hungry. But I want to listen to The Tall Man. Nuts to The Tall Man. How about The Hungry Man? Oh, I haven't heard that program. When is it on? <laughs> I'm the hungry man. Oh. I'm starved. Oh. I'm famished. I could eat a horse. Oh, well, then you should have called me from the office. I was planning on lamb chops. <laughs> yes. Look, oh, <laughs> quiet, dear. I want to finish listening to the tall man. You remember it's about that marvelous detective named Rudy and his darling wife, Trudy? Yes, a darling girl. Oh, she's just charming. <laughs> They're so in love. Right in the middle of a murder, they lean over the victim and hold hands. Yeah, they're romantic. Oh, yes. It's so exciting tonight. I'll turn it on again. Rudy and Trudy have been captured by the master criminal. Mm. He's been chained in a dungeon, and he's torturing them. Mm, well, that I'd like to hear. Shh. Are you afraid, Trudy? That's Rudy. Yes, I guess that is. Not when I'm with you, Rudy. Mm. That's Trudy. I know, I know. <laughs> I can't bear to look, Trudy. What torture is he using on you? He's burning the soles of my feet with red-hot iron. <laughs> Does it hurt, darling? I find it rather annoying. Oh, Rudy's so brave. I'll call him Spunky after this. <laughs> what is he doing now, Rudy? He's pouring molten lead in my ear. <laughs> Does it hurt? Beg pardon? 
Is it frightfully painful? I'm beginning to get bored. <laughs> Care for a kiss, sweetheart? Naturally. Mm. <laughs> oh, Rudy's so romantic. He's a romantic chap, yes. I think I shall break these chains and capture this ruffian. Do that, Rudy. I shall, Trudy. Oh, Rudy's so strong. He's a brute, yes. Stand back, tall man. I got you covered with my Tommy gun. I'm not impressed. Take that. Ooh! <laughs> how splendid, Rudy. Now, how shall we escape from this dungeon? Simple, Trudy. I shall take the springs from that bed and build a radio broadcasting station. Oh, no. <laughs> Then we'll radio for assistance. Oh, Rudy's so brilliant. Smart as a whip, yes. You're a most amazing man. Precious. Thank you. Would you care for a kiss, sweetheart? Naturally. Mm. <laughs> Shut that thing off. Shut it off. Shut it off. Oh, aren't they wonderful, John? Yeah, they're wonderful, wonderful. Now, how about some food? I'm starving. Oh, food. The tall man and his wife would never bother with food. They're too busy discovering murders and grilling suspects. All right. Grill me a suspect. I'll eat that. <laughs> oh, George, why can't you be more like Rudy the tall man? Does he yap at his wife about cooking and things like that? No. He's romantic. When he comes home, he kisses her hand. All right. Stick your hand up to my mouth. With your appetite, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> Well, all right, dear, all right. I'll show you how quickly I can get domestic. Now, how would you like some nice lamb chops, mashed potatoes and gravy, fresh asparagus, green salad and apple pie? Great. All right, I'll call the Brown Derby and make a reservation. <laughs> you really, you really got domestic there. Mm. Oh, brother, I can eat a horse. I'm really hungry. Hello? Is that you, Dave? Yeah. What's on your mind? Oh, Donna, someone else is on the line. Hey, listen, Dave. Got a little job to do. Got to get rid of a rat. Oh, it's a couple of killers. Well, hang up. Okay. When do we do the job? How about tonight? We'll collect overtime. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to kill a man tonight. Oh, stop. Where is the rat? 360 North Camden Drive. Meet me there in two hours. What if there's no one home? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll call and check on it. Okay. What's it gonna be? Poison? Nah. Nah, that's too slow. I got you, Pete. I'll see you there. So long. I heard it. I heard the whole plot to murder a man. Oh, we've got to warn him, George. Where's 360 North Camden Drive? That's our house. Hey, good. Let's go. Yo, George! What's the matter? The killers are after you. Gracie, you've been listening to too many of these crime programs. You're imagining this. You're here already. It's the killers. Oh, it's Bill Good when I saw him through the window. Come in. Hi, Burns. What's new? Oh, Bill... They're gonna shoot George. Why, did he break a leg? Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I wish it had been the killers. Oh, Bill, this is serious. Someone's out to get George. And I know how those killers work. They'll shoot him and stab him and strangle him. And then they'll put him in cement and drop him in the ocean. And George can't swim. <laughs> yes, and it's bad for my rheumatism. Gracie, relax. Nobody is after me. I'm an entertainer. Every week I sing and tell jokes to 20 million people. Who'd want to kill me? 20 million people. <laughs> Bill, please remember who pays your salary. You're not working for Hope now. No, that's right. Now I'm working for charity. <laughs> Why, boys, you have boys, listened. Ha, how can you fight among yourselves when George's life is in danger? Bill... Why don't you be George's bodyguard? Thanks, but I don't need a guard. No, but you could sure use a body. <laughs> I don't believe any of this killer stuff. Who? Hello? Hello? Is George Burns there? Yes. George, it's one of the killers. Oh, stop kidding. Give me the phone. Hello? Burns? That's me. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that you were home. See you at nine o'clock. You were right. <laughs> the killers are coming oh, for me. Oh, George, I think I'm going to faint. Oh, darn it, he beat me to it. Oh, George, what'll we do? The killers are coming for you. Yeah. Any minute now, somebody will take a pot shot at me. Yeah, get your stomach away from that window. <laughs> Gee, who can I turn to for help? Oh, I don't... Oh, I've got it. I know just the one who can save you. The tall man. It's a radio program. But I read in a magazine that Rudy and Trudy are really man and wife. And I know where they live. Come on. Gracie, listen. Radio stars are not the same in person as they are on the air. On their programs, Sinatra Skinny, Jack Benny is Stingy... And Eddie Cantor is an old man. But have you seen them in person? Yeah, and that clinches my argument. Come on. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh, well, here's the tall man's house. I'll ring the bell. Oh, Rudy can save you from those killers. He's so strong and brave and clever. Well, what is it? Are you uh, Trudy? That's right. What do you want? Well, we want to speak to your husband, the tall man. Hey, Rudy, you've got visitors. Oh, not now, Trudy. I'm in agony. This hangnail is killing me. <laughs> a hangnail bothers the tall man? Oh, there, there, there must be some mistake. I know he's brave. Oh, look at this piece of skin dangling down. My own skin. It's almost an eighth of an inch long. I told you I'd cut it off. No, no, don't touch me with those awful scissors. I think. <laughs> He's brave. Look, let's go, Gracie. I think we're... What can I do for you? Please make it brief because I'm suffering dreadfully. Oh, <laughs> yes. A hangnail can be painful. I suppose you hurt your finger when you knocked out a bunch of gangsters. Huh. Tell them how you did it, stupid. <laughs> I was trying to open a jar of peanut butter. Spilled it all over the floor, too. Well, it was too heavy for me. Stop making excuses. You're clumsy, that's all. But I, I thought he was so smart about doing things with his hands, like making a radio set out of the bed spring. Him? Oh, Butterfingers. Sure, he dropped the peanut butter. 
<laughs> I'll never forget the time I asked him to put a new bulb on the lamp. He broke it all to pieces. That was your fault. You should have told me which end of the bulb to screw in. <laughs> Let's get somebody else to help me. I don't no, think I George, got a chance. No, no. I think I'm ruined if I get this kid. Rudy, my husband is in danger, and we thought that you might be his bodyguard. <laughs> what am I doing? What's the matter? Look, crawling on the floor, a bug. Want me to kill it, strong heart? No, no, just chew it out. You know I can't stand the sight of blood. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Well, um, I did want you to guard my husband, but somehow in person you don't seem to be like you are on the radio. I should hope not. That tall man is such a brutal character. Yeah, she's a bad man. I'd be much happier if they let me play Henry Aldrich. He'd be even happier if they let him play Ma Perkins. <laughs> Now, you stop teasing me, Trudy. Time to put another cold compress on my finger. Okay, stick it out. There. <laughs> yeah, it's cold, it's cold. I'm freezing yes, it's I cold. Can't stand it's it. cold. Will you stop yelling or will I slug you? All right, I'll be brave. Would you care for a little kiss, sweetheart? Oh, shut up. Come on, Gracie, let's get out. <laughs> Well, the tall man couldn't help us, Meredith, so now it's up to you and me to save George's life. Is that why we came down here to the underworld, Gracie? Yes, this is the same tough saloon we were in last week. We'll ask questions and find out who's after George. I get it. We'll pretend to be crooks again. Right. Hey, you, bartender, let's have some soybeans. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what'll it be? I'll have a beer. What kind? Root. <laughs> yeah Hey, uh, ain't I seen your face someplace else? No, it's always been right here in the front of me head <laughs> Hey, I remember you now You was here last week Said your name was Gracie Catraz That's me, Sister Dalcatraz <laughs> Want some information? Yeah <laughs> Okay What's the dope? He's my friend, Meredith Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, there's a couple of killers trying to knock off a pal of mine named Pretty Boy Burns. I want protection for him. Never heard of him. Here's his picture. Pretty Boy, huh? Yeah. Sure outgrew it, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I want to know who's trying to kill him and why. I don't know nothing about it. Oh, won't talk, huh? Suppose I have Meredith work you over. He ain't man enough to hide a flea. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I don't know nothing. If you want protection for Burns, why don't you get him a couple of flat feet? It's no good. He's already got a couple. <laughs> that does it. Will you get out of here, sister? Yeah. Come on, Meredith. That's the first portion of the Burns and Allen Show from 1947, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen, sponsored by Maxwell House Coffee, is heard on NBC. 
Let's take a break. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, next time, it's the conclusion to the Burns and Allen show from 1947. Then we'll open the seal book, a good mystery from 1945. That's all next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then. Do you love classic radio shows? Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five cds every show will be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show log on to classicradioclub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five cds for only 4.99 that's classicradioclub.com or call toll free 888-642-6556 that's 888-642-6556 